Well, happy Mother's Day, Redeemer City Church. We are so glad that you are joining us this morning for worship on your special day. We, of course, are thankful for all the ladies, as Mallory has talked about already. And man, it's been a great morning already, just worshiping Jesus and celebrating our moms. You know, it's kind of a an odd or a strange Mother's Day. We get to actually stay in and focus on mom. So maybe this is a little bit of a gift to the moms on this Mother's Day. I want to look at a very special mom in scripture with you today. And uh, let me encourage you to take notes. If you're watching on Church Online, you're going to see a little link pop up. You can get them or it's up over there on the side. I think it's this way. Or if you're watching on YouTube, um, let me encourage you to get a notepad and take some notes. Grab a Bible. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1 in just a minute. But if you are taking notes, I want you to write down the title of my sermon because it's Mother's Day. And the title of my sermon today is this, Mother Mary's Good News. Mother Mary's Good News. Now, if you are new to the Bible or if you are new to church, I'm guessing even if you're new, you have heard of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And what I love about the story we're going to see today is Jesus was born in difficult circumstances. In fact, later on in his life, there would be somebody who heard that Jesus was going to come from Nazareth. And that guy was like, man, what? Can anything good come from Nazareth? So Jesus was born into a humble place. He was born into humble beginnings. And Mary, when she was given Jesus in her womb, was in a pretty difficult circumstance. And so uh, I want to look at Mary's first encounter when she hears that she is going to be carrying the Lord Jesus in her womb. And so Mother Mary's good news. Pick it up with me in Luke chapter 1. If you've got a Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And we're going to read through verse 38. If you don't have one nearby, you can grab your phone and follow along. If you're on church online, there's a little Bible tab. Or you can just, from the convenience of your couch today... Just watch the screen and have it right in front of you. But Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, here's what is happening in the setting of Mary's life here as she hears about Jesus for the first time. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named, here it is, Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? We're about to find out. And here's an interesting detail, verse 27. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he, the angel, came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now that would have been a customary greeting, maybe at the time. But probably not from an angel, and probably not to the Virgin Mary 
in this circumstance. So hopefully you're hearing and starting to piece together some of the setting that Mary finds herself in here. So this angel shows up in verse 28. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Naturally, look at verse 29. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This was Mary's good news. Listen to verse 32. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom. There will be no end. I love Mary's response here in verse 34 because the Bible is pretty real with you. It's pretty genuine with exactly what's going on here in verse 34. Mary said to the angel, just got one question. Just one really important question. How will this be since I am a virgin? It's a great question, isn't it? Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As we think about the setting of those verses, as we think about Mary in those verses and how we meet Mary and how Mary meets this angel and meets the Lord Jesus. She hears that good news. You're going to carry the son of God. What an incredible moment. And she's going to get to the point of praise. But just think about that for a second. Mary was a real woman. At a real time in history, in the middle of real difficulty. This is going to effectively ruin Mary's life. It's going to ruin Mary's life. This is going to be messy. People are going to talk. People are going to assume things. I mean, of all of it, Joseph is going to know that's not my baby. Because the text is clear that Mary was a virgin. So at a minimum, Joseph's going to know. This is going to be hard for Mary. There's no blueprint for virgins conceiving of children. There's no blueprint for that. But here's where I think 
the rubber meets the road for Mary. And here's where I think the rubber meets the road for us. Most importantly for Mary, this is going to require faith. I want to encourage all the moms today that Mary's setting of having baby Jesus, even when she found out she was pregnant, this was no easy circumstance. This was not how she would have intended for that to go. She was not yet even married. She was simply engaged. The scripture calls it betrothed. So it was the real deal, but Joseph would have known that this was not supposed to happen. So this was going to require some faith from Mary. I want to talk about this if you're taking notes. You you can write this down. Two reasons Mary had faith, and we can too. I don't know what your situation is today. I don't know what your circumstance is today. You may be watching this not even in Tampa. You may be somewhere around the world. Who knows when you find this message and you watch it. But I want you to know that just like Mary, you and I can have faith in God for these two reasons. Because just like Mary some 2,000 years ago, these two reasons are just as true for you and I, for us, as they were for Mary. Reason number one is this. The Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her. The scripture literally tells us back in verse 35. It's going to pop up here on the screen. And let's read it together. It says the angel answered her. I mean, can you imagine just hearing this from an angel, first of all? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will, there it is, overshadow you. Wow. Now that's an awesome verse. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow Mary. Mary's going to literally give birth to a son because the Holy Spirit's going to miraculously put Jesus in her womb. Now that's, that's crazy, that's amazing, it's miraculous, but here's my question. What does that have to do with you and I? It's an important question, right? That's awesome, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow her, but what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with you? Wasn't that just for Mary? Well, I want to just, in two quick scriptures, and there's a lot more that we could look at in the New Testament, but... Just briefly, notice that Jesus told his disciples the same thing. So that first church that was born, the disciples were going to go and plant it. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, they're told this by Jesus. But you, not somebody else, you guys, you girls, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and here's this and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and how about this we're living proof of this right now to the end of the earth wow i mean we don't have time to go there but even later 
uh, earlier in the gospel story, Jesus' story, he's, he actually tells his disciples, man, it's going to be better for you that I go away. I mean, I can't even imagine being face-to-face with the Son of God and him being like, you're going to be glad I'm gone. No, I won't. <laughs> but the reason was because he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Now, maybe you're thinking, okay, well, but that's, that was the disciples, though. I mean, that was the first Christians. They had to get the gospel out to the whole world. So they needed the Holy Spirit. But I would say not so fast, because you go a little bit farther in the New Testament, into 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and this is what the Holy Spirit has inspired Paul to write to the Corinthian church. This was just regular, average believers in Jesus, just like you and me. And here's what he says to them. Do you not know that you are God's temple? And here it is. And that God's spirit dwells in you. What an awesome verse. That's just an, the average Joe. That's you. That's me. God's temple because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So the first reason that Mary had faith and that we can too is because we're promised that The Holy Spirit will overshadow us, that the Holy Spirit will dwell within us and work in great power through us. Awesome. But there's a second reason, and it's this. Nothing is impossible with God. That comes straight out of verse 37 and 38. It's going to come up here on the screen. Is Right there it says, For nothing, this is the angel talking to Mary, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that's it. The angel departs from her. Nothing is impossible with God. Not motherhood. Not single motherhood. I know some of you watching this today you, you are in a difficult circumstance, and I want you to be encouraged that Mary was an average girl in an average town with a above-average Savior. And so are you. Whether you find yourself in the workplace or retired or in poor health or overcoming a pandemic, if God said it, He's going to do it. If God called you to it, if God's called us, his church, to it, he will see us not only to it, but he'll see us through it. Mary's confession here is our invitation to trust God. I love what she says there. She says, let it be to me according to your word. Moms, Redeemer, friends watching this, nothing is impossible with God. Can I just encourage you on this Mother's Day 2020 in the middle of a worldwide pandemic to move your eyes upward. The vision is Jesus. Don't settle for a counterfeit. Don't settle for a cheap imitation or a quick fix that this world is going to offer because right now you can have I can have an unshakable faith in Jesus. 
in the middle of this problem. Listen, can I say it to you this way? You are not perfect. So often we, we preach sermons and we call mothers to these, these crazy uh, lists, to-do lists, and, and all the things that we say we love about them, but underneath of that, you're hearing as a mom, oh, i got to do all of that to be loved. No, no, no. I just want you today, on Mother's Day, to know that you are not perfect, but Jesus is perfect. You are not perfect, but Jesus is. Can I encourage you, if you're a mom today, to rest in the easy burden of Jesus? That if you will yoke with Him, that He says His yoke is easy and His burden is light? Come on, uh, you should be giving me a good old-fashioned amen online today. So with all of that in mind, with those two reasons that Mary had faith, and hopefully you're feeling encouraged by that, I want to shift that gear and say, okay, well, when God grants me faith, when God grants you faith, what does that do? How do we respond? Our natural reaction is to get out our to-do list and be like, okay, tell me what to do. But that's not what Mary does here. That's not what Mary does. Mary does not begin with do. We, we were recently in a study in Exodus and, and the, the children of Israel get released from slavery and they're out in the wilderness. And what do they want to do when it gets hard? They want to go back to Egypt because they at least knew they were going to eat. They at least knew they were going to have a roof over their head. And can I encourage you like Moses did to those people, don't go back to Egypt because it's what you know. Don't go back to Egypt because it's comfortable. No, let's look at Mary here. What did Mary do in response to God moving in her life in the midst of great difficulty? Mary was literally in the middle of a major mess. All those things people were going to think. I love this. The scripture is very clear that Mary worshipped. She took her problem, flipped it upside down, and turned it into praise. What an awesome testimony. That in the middle of all of what that was going to mean, being a virgin, not married yet, now pregnant, it's going to be a mess. But Mary heard from God. Mary moved her vision up, and she worshipped. She took that problem, flipped it upside down, and made it praise. And her response is recorded in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. It's called the Magnificat. Mary's worship song to the Lord. Let's read it together. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture. Here's... Mary's song to the Lord, verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. That's good news, isn't it? 
That's Mary's good news that God didn't need our impressive state. He needed our humble estate. He needed his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Wow, Mary was worshiping. Listen, in in those nine verses, in the middle of that mess, in those nine verses, Mary writes a song. And in her song of praise to the Lord, I love this. She refers to herself four times. And she refers to God 20 times. In the middle of a serious problem, it was at least a problem on the surface. We know she had the Lord Jesus. We, We get the benefit of reading the whole story, but she didn't have that. She was standing face to face with an angel who was giving her good news that on the surface was going to cause some problems. And yet she shifts her perspective from herself to God. That's so difficult to do, but how did she do it? Mary's vision, if you're taking notes, was not altered by her circumstances, but it was by Jesus. Her circumstances didn't alter her vision Jesus altered her vision. She could have easily run the other way, but she didn't. So what was it that allowed Mary to move her vision up? To see Jesus in the middle of the brokenness. I want to close in this way and encourage all the moms out there and everyone else watching and listening into this this morning from Mary's song. With 11 reasons to praise God. And I threw in parentheses for you and I in a pandemic. 11 reasons to praise God. It might not be the pandemic that's your issue today. Maybe you're healthy, but you have some other thing happening in your life. I don't know where you are right now or what's going on in your life, but I do know that for Mary, there was serious issues on the horizon. But yet incredible joy in the Lord. And she, in her song, gives us 11 reasons to praise God. Let's go through them together, and then we're going to praise God together in song. Here's number one. 11 reasons to praise God. Number one, God is our Savior. We look to Jesus for salvation. We don't look to anything else because everything else falls short. God alone is our savior number two god draws near to the broken are you writing these things down god draws near to the broken they're all right here in verse 46 to 55 he's our savior he draws near to the broken number three god does great things god does great things number four god is holy aren't you glad god is holy because none of the rest of us are 
We look around our world and we see brokenness everywhere. We see problems everywhere. We have something like this virus come along and literally the whole world is unable to deal with it. It points us to a higher power. God is holy. Number five, God is merciful. God is merciful. I love what Mary says there. She praises God for his mercy in her life, in Israel's life, from generation to generation. Number six, God is strong. Number seven, God is just. Love that phrase where he says he scatters the proud. We don't have to get revenge. God is just. Number eight, this is good news. God exalts the humble. God exalts the humble. Scripture says elsewhere, and we're not going to turn there, but it says elsewhere that uh, God lifts the humble. Amazing. Number nine, God fills the hungry. Number ten, God helps his people. And number eleven, God speaks. Aren't you glad that God still speaks through the power of his word? Don't you love what Mary's invitation to you and I is? Let it be according to your word. You know, there's a a psalm that says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to, have the band up here, and they're going to sing a song about joy. And you know what? If you're a mom today, you have brought joy to your family. And we are celebrating you today. And as you think about Mary, I want you to think about good news. We have many reasons to have faith in God and to praise God. And so we want to take time to do that on this Mother's Day. Thanks for joining us today. Let me pray for you, and then we'll worship God together in response to Mary's song, and we'll have a great week of worship, worshiping King Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today, Mother's Day, 2020. We find ourselves in the midst of strange times, but times that did not catch you by surprise. And so we stand reading Mary's words today, giving you praise because it's at your name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you, Jesus, are Lord. And so be with all the moms today, would you bless them? Be with all the women today, would you bless them? Be with all of us in the body of Christ, would you continue to draw us near to you? Draw our vision up so that we can be transformed into the image of your Son. We can look at our city with you. We're so thankful for Jesus today. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.